Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Also, I mean, you can't be on this pod, can he? Why not? No, well, he, he, I think he can. I think he okay. can. We, he, he won't accept the, he won't accept the fact. Well, we yeah. got a new name for this pod. That's what I'm saying. That's the reason why I'm yeah. saying you can't be on this pod. But oh, is all- was it the name one black guy? <laughs> no, no. We we'll, you'll find out. Only, Go ahead, only, Tom. Get it. Do the intro, only, Tom. Only one black guy. It's the name of the podcast. Welcome to the Coming Home Podcast. Um, yeah. He's yeah. fighting a good you're still fighting a good fight, man. Never, yeah. Come never on home. home. Come home, I'm, man. I'm coming this home to two, Turkey. Two bald, two bald get two bald podcast hosts and 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 our guests are full of hair. Our producer yeah. is at least. I mean, have you ever, how close have you come to coming home? So, uh, remember I was, when I had the, my hair grown out and curly and whatever. So the day before I decided to cut it back down and go back to my standard look, as I like to call it, um, I went to the barber and I said, look, I want you to cut it down, da, 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 but like, just be prepared. If I don't like where this hairline is at, that's it. I'm ready. So he said, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. I'm like, respectfully, 
I've been looking at it for months. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm fine. I've been doing this, holding my hair back. And like, oh my God, where's the hairline running? So he cut it down and I looked at myself like, all right, like, this is fine. I can work with this. And so I'm, I've been doing that ever since. So does like that, a record scratch it. happen in the barbershop when someone says, if it doesn't work out, I'm ready. I'm ready to come home. Like, is it like going, everyone looks like, oh, was today's the day. Today's the day. It just yeah, if, you, if, so. if you actually, if you actually got that camaraderie and around the, you know, I do miss that part about my Phoenix barbershop, right? Going to art. Art, yeah. You know, he, he, he cuts everybody's hair in the city that's known, but he also teaches barber college and he has a, a reasonable business, right? Mm -hmm. With a great price. So when you go in there, you got this dude named Coors. Shout out to Coors, Dallas Cowboy fan, literally comes with a six pack of Coors. Like, that's why I got his nickname, Coors. Hey, wh right? Why do they call him Coors? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, and no matter what time it is, it could be yeah. 10 a.m., Coors is there. He's going to have mm. a brew. He's going to get his haircut. He's going to leave. He's going to talk Bank about how beer. Great, Yeah. He's going to talk about how great the Cowboys are going to do it this year. And then we see him and he'll still show up. He doesn't hide. He doesn't duck the slander. He's a great guy. Then you got the, the normal people that come in, right? And I remember the first time I came back from New York, they hadn't seen me bald. Oh. So everybody's wow. like, I took off my hat. Everybody's like, okay. That, I'm like, hey. I'm like, no, no, none of that. It was still none of that. It was no judgment. It was like, okay, he's probably about to get a cut. And I'm like, yo, Art, take it all off. He like, yo, you sure? I'm like, bro, I've been rocking a bald head. I don't, you know, but I also haven't been texting him like, yo, I came home. Right. You know, like this and that. He's like, in his eyes, always barbers always think they can pull off the the the, the, the most yeah, magic. Like, it. That's that's, that's my their whole. Or they'll always say, hey, it doesn't look that bad. They're an NBA coach of Marvin Bagley. Is that what it is? <laughs> hey, we, I could turn this guy into the real all-star. Yes. I could mm -hmm. save him. Save I him. I could save him. I could save him. And that's the particular situation. I'm like, no, I know what I want. I know what I've been through. Take it off. We're not just going to play these little mental games of me showing up with hair here and there unless I really went to Turkey. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just not happening. By the way, so, I, saw, I saw Tracy McGrady the other day who did go to Turkey. It takes a while for that stuff to kick in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at T-Mac and I'm like, that's, it takes a while. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to do in the in-between time, but I guess you're not supposed to be going outside. No, because you're going to look the crazy. sun and all that stuff. Well, I'm just saying you're going to look, yeah. you're, you're going to look crazy in the in-between time. Cause it's not like you go there and then like, you know, two days, you know, your hair grows, you know, it's shaved down obviously to do the procedure. But then by the time it grows back, like, oh, I got a full head of hair. It's like, there's like something like six to nine months of an in-between phase. I, I don't want to put this guy out. I did share it in the bomb chat not too long ago, but I played basketball with the guy. We don't do bossa novas on here, but I will say the man is respected in the review space. He reviews product, right? And he hooped with the... oh. In surgically mm -hmm. hair, right? So he's like clearly it looked crazy though. Yeah. You could the tell like still the on the house, so to speak. And you, you could you could see that the the follicle starting to come in, but it's like yeah. oh, the renovation isn't work. done. That shit doesn't work. This guy could do this now, Tom. Like oh white guy, yeah. by the way. Bruh could do yeah. this and put it in hairstyles and curl. Yeah. I said, excuse me. So I it asked just, him. Yeah, I, I DM'd him. I said, "Hey, 
So when you get your hair cut, like, does that mess it up? He says, no, it's my hair. Yep. And yep. I'm like, you're back. You're back. You are back. Once, once it finishes and it takes root and all that, it's your living hair. It is not like, it's not plugs. It's not, it's your living hair. All right. I should be, I should know more about this. I mean, but like, is it like Germany and blood spinning? Like, why isn't this, why is this just a Turkey thing? So it's not just a Turkey thing. It's a Turkey has created like basically an industry around it. Like to, what they call it, like uh, the cosmetic tourism or something like that. Right. Yeah. And you can, yeah. you can get it done in Colombia. You, you can get it done here in the United States. It's just, it's really expensive here in Turkey. Got you it. can get like, you pay $6,000 that includes the flight, the round trip flight. It includes, you get picked up at the airport. You get taken to a five-star hotel your hotel stay, there's food and beverages included, and the procedure. You go for the consult, you come back to the hotel, you go for the procedure, you come back, you chill a couple of days before you travel back. So it's like a five-day or something thing, and it's all-inclusive for $6,000, right? So that's Yo. what... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the same thing in the United States, I believe just the procedure is fifteen grand or something like that. Just for you to go in and do the thing with the doctor, not any of that extra shit. So people are like, oh, I'll go to Turkey and it's beautiful. And you, you get, yeah, there you go. Take, take some notes. Yeah. Uh, you, go, you go, you know, you sightsee and you have fun and you eat great food you, and you stay there. Hey, I, don't, I just don't want to do the testimony. I'll do a testimony. I don't give a shit. I the testimony I is it. always crazy. I would look, I'm going to tell you right now, like the, they always do the same thing. It's like they show you and they do draw the line where the hairline is going to be. And then they shave your hair off. And then like they do the thing where they're showing you like the, the incisions and stuff like that. And then at the end, like you got like a cocktail in your hand. You're like, ah, like it's, it's, okay. it's silly, but I would do it a thousand times over. My, my, my question for you, right? Uh -huh. I mean, does hair make you happy? Having yes. hair. Okay, Tom, you had luxurious hair at one yeah. point in time. Like, I didn't even know you, but I've seen photos and you actually, you know, allowed this to grow. Does hair make you happy? I uh, know. Like no, the, the, I, like a no but I'm, I'm lucky. As Amin has said many times, I have a good shaped head. Mm -hmm. I do too. So the replacement value of having hair is is very high. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. If I don't have hair, like, I'm okay. But there okay. are certain people who I, I, he might be from Akron, Ohio, who refuse to go. He doesn't have home. a good, but he doesn't, he doesn't have a good, he doesn't he have did, a good. He, he went, he went very low one last one time and the internet really <laughs> killed him for it. Dude, he's, he's, like, he he's lumps Steph shit, like, <laughs> I don't think not, Steph could pull that off either. I'm not sure. No, but it would be interesting because he's going to do the beard. That's another thing. I think we gotta, I'm glad I don't wear my facial hair. I don't like force a beard because that's like the default for bald men. You got to. You got to make up. You, you, you got to. You got to. Like, I I'm going to say, I have a good, I have a good shaved head because I've shaved it before when I was in high school and stuff when you could do that, things like that recreationally. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I, I man, I, I, I romanticize the time my hairline was here, man. I romanticize when like I could have waves and stuff like that and I, every time I look at myself and say, oh, I just shave it off. I'm like, no, man, I like having a lineup. I like having all of that. I like that look. And I'm like, I'm you not like ready to give it up. You like, the, you like the cosmetic part of I it. I am, man. 
I get stressed out over like you talk about the bald white dude with the beard. Um, the Dave Dufour as, as the Dave Dufour, the Mike Gold Jr. Yeah. Like the I get stressed out with that because beard lines stress me out. Like having to shave a beard oh. line every day, it stresses me out. Like how but to they, make my my double chin. Um, like like where do I draw the line down here? I'll be honest I, with you, Tom. That stresses me that, the fuck out. I'm gonna tell you. I don't do anything to my beard. I, whatever happens to my beard happens when I go to my barber. So what I would say to you is just start going to a barber. If you're going to grow a beard or I think the other thing you could do, you could really pull off is the, what I like to call the Alonzo morning, which was originally years ago. I said, if I ever go bald, I'm going to do the Alonzo morning, which is like that five o'clock shadow, not a whole beard, but just a five o'clock yeah. shadow. And yeah. like, I think you could, you could pull that off, but that one would need more maintenance for sure. But I think the contrast of a, a a dark beard with a white face, you notice the lines a lot more and you have to I, keep it up more. But Whereas, this, is what I would, this is what I would say. If you go to a barber the first time and get it done, you'll have that outline. So as the stubble starts to come in, you know, oh, let me shave that stubble. Yeah, That's the line. <laughs> yeah, it stresses me out. Like you even talking about it stresses me out. So I just, I just bick it all the way, all good. Um, right at the Adam's Apple Maze says... Yeah, I'm happy with just doing the bowling ball thing. I'm happy with it. We pull it off well. Oh, thank you, Trey. You're you're. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to the the Tom level next year. Because uh, that's gonna be my mature look. Like that's gonna that? be my the Tom. Nothing. Just, yeah, just, nah, you know? man. You I'm gonna, gonna be. Like, I'm gonna, gonna just be. I'm gonna just be, <laughs> I'm gonna be black dad, bro. Black mature nah, dad out here. I, I don't you know, trust. <laughs> I don't trust black people who have no facial hair, man. No, no, no. I don't trust black people that Whoa, don't have. This is. A t I don't know about this tape. Yeah, what man. Is no, no, no. Black people would listen. Here's a look. I don't trust black people that got this with no stash. <laughs> that's, that's the, uh, the Abraham Lincoln. The, that's the crazy joint. The the no stash, but got. What's, the, my, what's my man? The light skinned dude, um, Michael Ely. He always yeah. does that. He, he does, does some that creepy look. shit like that, bro. Yeah. Like, so wait, I'm Richard cool. Jefferson, you don't fuck with. I mean, I, fuck RJ. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Untrustworthy. Damn, RJ. You're not trusted out here. Untrustworthy Richard Jefferson because he has no facial hair. Shout out to RJ, though. He showed up at JJ Reddick's son's uh, basketball game. I'm I told JJ, I said, I'm shocked that the kids knew who Richard Jefferson was because this they is. They know a him from, from the internet, they don't know him from playing. Okay, so they know him from TikTok? Yep. Mm. He, probably, he probably is in the TikTok algorithm. Yes. I was yeah. like, I've seen they were shit. pretty excited about it though. And I was like, good for RJ. I was like, you know, good for him showing up to support, you know, the little mm -hmm. Reddicks. But then yeah. also the kids being actually excited to see him. Like he paid them. You know? Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's put a, let's keep our third eye open on this kids. one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know the full reporting on that story. Welcome to the Coming Home Podcast. We were uh, previously known as the No Capricorn Podcast. No Cap, Capricorn. We, Trey and I are Capricorn bros. We are uh, January, early January babies. Um, but Paul, thank you to Paul, who, who suggested the Coming Home podcast. So uh, I think that's what it's going to be. Uh, I mean, as a 
as an executive on the board, how do you feel about the coming home podcast name for the Monday I, show? I think, I think that's a good name. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I will not come home though. I, I will stay. I will, I will roam the land, but for you guys, I think it works. Is, is Stephen A. Smith a fashion icon in this sense? Is he refuses to come home and his, he, he's the biggest media mogul in the industry. Um, on the sports side, and he's famously been able to refuse to come home. It's an amazing job. Yeah, like, uh, it's funny because, you know how we talk about some people are young as older people because when they were younger, they looked old. So, like, if you look 40 when you're 20, by the time you're 40, people go like, oh, man, you you look so young or whatever because they look old always, right? I think the same thing with Stephen A. We've never seen Stephen A with a hairline. He's always had a receding hairline. So now it's kind of like, oh, no, that's, you look at him, you don't even see it. It's like Paul Giamatti. Like, no one's like, oh, Paul Giamatti really fucked his hairline up. You're like, I've always seen him as a guy who's balding right mm-hmm. here. So you accept it. Same thing with Costanza, George Costanza from Seinfeld. You just accept it. As opposed to, like, someone that you know, had like LeBron, and then one day it's not there anymore. Or, you know... Michael Jordan, when he started to lose his hair, like all those people, it's like we have something that we affiliate and associate you with before, and we can't let that go. Mm. Mm. Uh, We can't let that go. That's a good way to get into our first topic here. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about Butcher Box. Butcher Box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Luka Doncic had 73 points over the past week. Uh, Joel Embiid also had 70 points. Uh, Trey, you asked it in the chat. Are are we analytically close to 81 and 100? Like how close are we to that? Are we going to see those records be broken here in the next, I don't know, uh, near future? And this isn't just about, hey, cheering on these amazing scoring nights from the game's best players. As you know, the conversation veers into something else, which is, is this, is this good? Is this good for the game that we have guys who are scoring this many points? Cat uh, had 60-plus, Book had 60-plus in losses. It involves into a discussion about whether it's too easy to score in today's NBA, that it somehow diluted the game, that defense doesn't matter as much, or it's harder to play defense in today's NBA, and therefore these high-scoring nights are um, indicative of just the rules. And if Michael was playing today, he would have 120 points. And Kobe, if he was playing today, he'd have an easily uh, 81 points on the regular. Um, so first, uh, Trey, are you uh, are you of the opinion that defense is too too soft or i guess the rules are so offensively skewed that these numbers don't mean much to your mean, mean as much as you'd like them to be when when luka goes off for 73 and b goes off for 70 and a couple guys go off for 60 how do you interpret those numbers well shout out to paul pierce damn i miss defense in the nba <laughs> right <laughs> but i'm on the i'm 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 the middle ground cuz i'm in the tug of war Although I do miss defense, I don't miss those low-scoring-ass games. And then also, I'm on the crowd of, like, run it up. I want to see this actually done. I want to see the first team score 200 points as a team. I want to see the, a player rival Kobe's 81 or Wilt uh, 100. I want to see that in my lifetime. You know what I mean? So um, it is set up. I do think that the rules are set up more to support the offensive player versus the defensive player. And also the defensive game is won differently than it was in the past. You get what I'm saying? Like, obviously, you look at defensive player of the years and you say, oh, okay, what have they done? Or this, that, and the third, and how are they effective? You really can't hand check. You can't touch them in a certain way. Um, you can't foul a certain way. Different things that kind of set you up for failure. And the defensive game is kind of won on possessions. Um, so it's, it's definitely different, but like the NBA is still a product and you go, you know what I mean? Like I'm not paying my hard earned money to see a guy play 40 minutes of hard defense. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Not, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I literally, awesome to watch, but for jump for junkies, but no one's paying, you know, a hundred bucks. He would, a defensive player would never be the face of the league. Let's just be honest. You know what I mean? Like, although we do enjoy it, like I said, basketball junkies absolutely we're going to like yo did you see how well he defended this person yeah. or did you see that series of how the timberwolves rotate it or did you see this that and the third of like this guy Wimby is able to do that and like we do marvel off of the way guys are getting blocked and all these things but it would never be something advertised as much as scoring 
There's so many ways to score. And I think that's why it's the easy selling point or the association. When we look at box scores, we say, damn, he had 40. Despite of how many shots he took, you know what I mean? Or how much a person is average. When we look at the MVP, yeah, sure. How valuable are they team? But we look at the PPG. Right. That's all that matters is the points. So it's not about whether it's a lack of defense, because I do think NBA players are applying effort and defending well, but we also have the most talented athletes in the world yep. that can just score anywhere. Even if the 15th man on the bench could go to a rec league and score 60 points. But so I think, I think, first of all, the Wilt 100 came in an era where teams routinely had 130 possessions per game. Right. It was juiced on juiced turbo ball, inflated numbers across the board. It was a different era. And we're okay with putting the Wilt 100 on a pedestal and treating that as the record. But as soon as today's NBA guys are playing 100, 110 possessions a game, we think that the rules are skewing so much that it invalidates the numbers. And I think it's a, a double standard. We can't go and say Wilt's got the record and then also say today's NBA is illegitimate because A, the, the defense rule, the defense is too soft or too too hard to play good defense in the NBA now, uh, officiating this and that and the third. But the interesting thing to me is it's not officiating to me. Free throws are as low as they've been in NBA history. Like, Free throws per game, 72nd out of 78 in NBA history. There's not nearly as many free throws as there were in in bygone eras. So I don't think it's a matter that players or scorers are uh, leveraging the rules to get to the free throw line and you can't defend without fouling anymore. I think it's all about spacing. The game figured out the three-point shot is incredibly valuable because three is more than two, well, but also for the space that it awards your offense and you get all these driving lanes and you got a guard on an island. It used to be you had to see people in front of you because you're you're taking your you're starting your offense from 15 feet out. Now it's 30 feet out. Right. So <clears throat> There's a couple of things. Number one, you're absolutely right. This is the basketball representation of, of the game, which is you don't know why Wilt scored 100 or why Oscar averaged a triple-double or why any of those crazy numbers exist or, or why the record for most rebounds is like 56. Why? Because they shot a million times and the average field goal percentage for a team was like 39%. So more, shot, yeah, 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 more shots, yeah. more misses, and all the other physical things of like, yeah, there's no, it's like three guys are taller than six, eight, and they were all stiffs or whatever. So we, we don't, but because most of us were not alive to see that, we cannot have that as a point of reference. So we just see the numbers and go on with it, right? The other part of it is the rules. So it's not just the three-point shot, right? And the three-point shot more threes, more offense, because three is bigger than two, especially when you consider the types of shots people were taking 25 years ago, where it's like, you took a 20-footer, why would or a 22-footer, why would you do that? Why would you just get the three or whatever and get an extra point for it? So that offense adds up right there. I think the lack of um, positions, so the idea that everyone is 6'8 and does do, like can do anything, like we don't have a true center out there. We don't have the true point guard who's just trying to set people up. Like, yeah. everyone's doing everything. And then finally, 
I go back to this every single time. The hand check rules. Like if I can't touch you, that makes it very difficult for me. So Trey, I always cringe when I hear people say, Oh, I miss you defense in the NBA. Like, what am I supposed to you tell me? I'm a defender. Show me who's yeah. doing it. And you can't, I can't no. do it. I it's not a soul. It's not a soul that can actually we could go through the top 10 defenders in the league right now and say, All right, stop this guy that's on fire. You do it. If you said, damn, Luca had 70, what? Okay. I bet if you put what's the name on him, he's going to yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. He either going to get in foul trouble. Yep. He's going to have to watch. Yeah, it's, These guys are just elite at scoring, bro. It's just, it is what it is. It's, it it's, is what it is. They're just it, getting it, better and finding different ways to score the basketball. It's literally like, okay, let's handcuff this dude's feet together and then tie one hand behind his back. Now put him in the ring. Oh, shit, you're getting your ass whooped. Well, of course I'm getting my ass whooped. How am I supposed to, like, how is this even close to being a fair fight? And I think... So you think hand-checking rules, I mean? You think if they reintroduced, or I, I guess... I think if... Now, there's a couple... Of, one, I think if they allow defenses to be more physical, I think that brings the scoring back down some. But, like, here's the thing. If I'm the league, I'm saying, okay, so what, what would we rather have? Would we rather have what we're having now, or would we rather have wrestling, which is what it was, in yeah. the early 2000s. And I think all of us would say, no, this is better. I'd rather watch people do basketball things than watch people wrestle. But I feel like there's a happy medium there where we can allow some physicality back. I don't know how much. I don't know what that is. But it's like we have to be able to. The defense has to have a chance. Give me a chance to stop the guy. So I think um, I think that's right. I think when you look at what is happening in today's NBA game. It's a lot of three-point shots, okay? That's different than previous eras. Um, it's not as many free throws, which is an important distinction that I think uh, I think we need to make sure we hit is that it's not like, yes, Luca had what, like 15 free throws or something like that in that game with 73, but it's not like he had 30, right? It's not like he kept going to the free throw line. That's why he got his 73. Um, he was getting to the rack a lot. And that's the thing about Luka. He's shooting like 80% at the rim this season with high volume. It's not like he's just shooting threes every time to get his 73. Um, the other thing is, I think there's room, like Amin, you said, a happy medium. I think the NBA should not get rid of the three-point shot or move it back. Um, I think what they should do is get rid of the corners. I think they oh, yeah. should extend They're talking about this a long time ago, yeah. Like just, have it. just have it go out of bounds because right. what we're having now is guys are camping out. Non-offensive players are parked in the corners now and just stand there. And the defense has to like, am I going to guard this guy? Do I have to like, I, it's a lot of standing around for those guys. If you eliminate the corner three point shot, not only is it a really short shot relative to other three point shots, but it also eliminates standing around. And having P.J. Tuckers of the world just stand there, yep. the guy who doesn't have much offensive talent, stay on the floor because of the corner three shot. And I also think um, it would create more, I think, innovative offense if you weren't able to park two guys in the corner. You actually had to do something with them and create more fluid offense. So, Trey, uh, how do you feel about um, extending or just having the arc, the three-point arc go out of bounds and eliminate the corner three? 
just sounds like mad science. <laughs> but it's First so natural. The, no, the mad it, science part is having the three-point line curves. No, I, 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 I get, I get where you're line. coming from because, I mean, I, I've, I've thought innovative as well. Like me and me and Juju Gotti actually on Bomb yesterday talked about uh, potentially um, rewarding the number one player, ranked player in the NBA at the end of the season. Like where there's a leaderboard throughout, like the world like, like literally Messi? knows. Yes. Like it's literally like you're the number one player yeah. in the NBA, NBA. So you, there is an incentive of actually playing well. Like the NBA, there's, there's, there's times where like we feel the MVP didn't get it right, but we were like, yeah, he the MVP, but LeBron the best player in the world. You get what I'm saying? Right. And if there was an actual way of saying, Hey, it literally shows you're the number one player for that year of that season. It would be interesting. But back to, get back on the on, point. Hold on. Let me, just, let me just say re rebuttal. I think that's the cool thing about, like, racing. Like, for instance, if uh, what's about Lewis Hamilton mm -hmm. is leading the points board, he is the number one racer that year. Though nobody be saying, yeah, but that motherfucker's a better race. Like, we don't, yeah. we're not talking about overall. And that's the trap we fall in in basketball, I feel, mm -hmm. probably more than any other sport. It's like, Hey man, this dude's the MVP because he's having the best season. Like, yeah, but LeBron's like, but he's not having a better season. Why can't yeah. we accept that? I'm not mm. saying he's trash. I'm not saying this dude is way better than him. I'm saying he's having the best year. Yes, and I think that should be that. I think that's the problem with NBA, right? Because we have so many options to debate and go this way mm -hmm. and discredit that we don't even appreciate the actual person that's actually doing something in all these certain categories, whether you're the best coach, whether it's this, whether it's the best defender, et cetera. It's just normally like, yeah, he cool. And that's it. It's, you know what I mean? It's a participation trophy at this right. point. You know They're what I mean? They're trying to incentivize the, the number one ranking thing by being mm -hmm. like, Hey, you got to play. You got to play yeah. to be considered for well, MVP. Well, that goes into that line, too. You know what I'm saying? Because now you can't be considered the best. I think now that messes, that flows into your personal brand, that flows into a lot of stuff. Because now people are going to be able to identify literally you as the best. We didn't have to have that problem with Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan was that dominant. Now that we don't have such a dominant player in the NBA... And everybody kind of checks out. Because, again, Nikola Jokic, still very good. Still, you know, any given night could be number one or number two, depending on how it is, how we measure those things. Again, which is kind of probably a good segue for this. As far as Joel Embiid, you know, oh, he's doing it in less than 30 minutes. Oh, he's only doing this. But he's only playing these certain amount of games. The toss-up of who's better. Uh, is that the goal? Should that be the NBA's goal is to have an individual award ranking that supersedes the actual standings? I think it, I think it, would, I think it would lure in more fans to actual mm. and also lure in an actual um, competitiveness. You know, like now it's a new goal to not only win a championship, but kind of individualize basketball in a way that the fan sees it. Because that's how we talk anyway. Basketball is a team sport, but we still talk about the best player being the GOAT. Right, but I'm, what I'm wondering is, do we want more of that? Do we want more of that and the 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 death I, of the 
name on the front of the jersey versus mm-hmm. the one on the back. If you're what you're saying is we're already there. The, you can't we've put been, the, we've been doing that for the past 30, 40 years. I mean, I'm just wondering if the health of the league is wanting that name on the back being more important than the name on the front. Because if people aren't showing up to games, because they can argue about who's number one without having to watch a game or showing mm-hmm. up to the game. Um, less ties to the local city. If guys mm. are just trying to up their individual score, I I don't know. I think I think, I think it's already there though. That's the only that's yeah. my only pushback to it because it's like I would understand if it was like if if the team actually mattered, right? The team is the part where you're tied to in a connection, but like you campaign to get a player on your team. You're rallying like you. You you would give the team to you know what if I had LeBron James on my team I would do this let's take it back to 2010 when it actually really held some weight you know what I mean because cool you get LeBron James he probably like Bill Belichick at this point for the next next uh, free agency because he's gonna ask for a lot of shit I gotta play you gotta draft my son you gotta do this you gotta do this guaranteeing that I get all that and now teams have that pushback of like well you're 41 years old. I'm I'm probably going to cost my future. I'm going to have to make and break up a team that I already have assembled to like accommodate what comes with you. And that's the same thing with Bill Belichick looking for a job. It's like mm. he's not a he's obviously one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in the NFL and almost one of the most winningest, but at the end of the day it comes with the territory of like damn, do I really want this man on my team? It's not that he can't find a job. It's just what comes with him. It's a lot. And people it's don't a, realize what, and, and the Miami Heat put a, put their foot down on a lot of stuff when he came to Miami. Lot. And part of the, the frustration with Spo early on or the coach early on or the organization early on was just like, he, he stepped into a situation where he didn't have the control like he had in Cleveland. And it, and it, and it, and it grows, it grows tiring despite winning. Cause that's where it comes back to the individual in part. That Heat team probably could have won four or five. The same thing you can say probably about KD and the Warriors. It gets back to your individualism. Mm. Sure, winning ain't even fun no more. Of (laughs) course we're going to win. But what about my personal brand? What about me? The disease of me. The me, me, me. Yo, how do we feel about Joel Embiid missing the game this weekend? His knee... Flared up. The trainers took him out. Uh, it was a, a rivals week matchup with Jokic oh. in Denver. And Embiid missed his 11th game of the season. That's 75%. He's only played 75%, which is lower than the threshold he needs to win the so, awards. So it's another one of these DMPs me, at Denver. Tom, first game that he... Another, Tom, Tom, he hasn't Tom, Tom, played Tom, in Denver Tom. since 2019. Time out, time yes. out, time out. Why is everyone focused on Embiid that's not the one who's fucking in trouble. The motherfucker in trouble is Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Because yeah. he's got like five or four games left that he can miss. If he misses more, he's ineligible for all NBA. If he's all ineligible for all NBA, he loses out on 40 plus million dollars. He should be the one that we're freaking out about. And beat is fine. Oh, I didn't get the second MVP in a row. Who gives a shit? My money's good. Tyrese, and that's why Tyrese played that game against Portland. Everyone's like, why would they bring him back? Because that motherfucker's not trying to lose his money. And this is ridiculous because basically what's happening is we're saying, yo, dude, go out there and risk further injury for a stupid threshold. 
It's so dumb. Voters already take it into account. There's never been a dude. I think like one, I think, was it Patrick Ewing, one rookie of the year playing 51 games. And like, if you look through the history of awards, most of the guys that win awards play a certain amount of games. I'm in Tom's bag right now. Only three MVPs have missed 11 plus games. Bill Walton, Iverson, and Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are we, why are we writing a rule that doesn't apply to what the reality of how the voting goes? Because again, they're it's trying naturally, to, they're, they're trying to push back on the availability of no, players. I'm like going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you exactly too. what it is. It's why do we take our shoes off at TSA? That shit doesn't do shit. Because you don't have, one a, you time, don't have a bomb in your sneaker? Because one time some dude tried to do some shit like that. Once. And now we do this every single time. It doesn't address anything. It doesn't make anything secure. But what it does is we're doing things. Look, we're doing We made people take off their shoes. And we made the players play at least 65. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't mean anything. Anything, it, it, it's counterproductive. And, and I think Tyrese Halliburton is a guy that I think the league should be wrapping their arms around and being like, let's make sure this guy as a small market dude in he's, I know it's in Indiana with the all-star game, but penalizing this young guy for having a hamstring injury for being hurt. Coming, who's for hurt, being hurt. Yeah. But who's been leading one of the coolest stories of the league this season, but might end up with 64 games played. You're incentivizing him to play on one leg, risking further injury for the playoffs when it's a when it's a chance to like herald this guy, be like, hey, actually, you should take care of yourself and your long term future. Don't mess with your hamstring, buddy. Your bag will come. Don't mess with your hamstring. Because if you mess with your hamstring, you might be messing with that ACL, or you might be messing with that Achilles. Doesn't matter. This, this supports um, the owners not having to give up the money at the end of the day, right? Because I mean, sure, you want to win ball games, but like. I don't think the Pacers is having championship aspirations. It's more so like, it's not our fault you didn't show up and play yeah. these games. Cool. Yeah. We get to keep our 40 million. We did our end of the deal. You know what I mean? You were supposed to be available and stay ready. But also, like Amin said, you're putting your player, your cornerstone at risk too. Mm -hmm. In the standpoint. So who actually wins in this battle? You know what I mean? So like, I think it's a very stupid thing but again i also understand why certain cba shit was like passed and signed off because you know from another standpoint financially guys was just spinning like shit was falling from the trees and you know they had to bend and and and, and you know probably you don't agree with a certain a lot of things but like at the end of the day it it it, it worked out in other ways then and it hurt other ways so you know. Yeah, so what Amin is saying is the Supermax is pegged to whether you make All-NBA or all, all these postseason awards. And Tyrese Halliburton is eligible for the Supermax if he gets on one of these teams. And if he doesn't get on one of these teams, he's not eligible for the Supermax. And therefore, it's not a matter of whether he wants that money and the Pacers are wanting to give him that money. It's They're not allowed to give him that money. It's off the table if he misses a certain amount of games. So um, I think it's backfired. I wrote about it for uh, my Substack at TomTheFinder.com where I wrote, I was watching uh, the Today Show. We have it on when we make breakfast in the morning. Yeah, I had it when I was, Mike, I, I was a kid growing up and my wife and I, we put on the news in the morning and my girls are like, hey, what, what's, you know, they ask questions about what's going on in the world and we have conversations about it. Anyway, um, 
they had Joel Embiid's 70 point game on the Today Show. And I was like, and my, my six year old, now seven year old, was like, hey, daddy, daddy, basketball made it to the Today Show. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, Embiid made it. And like the Today Show always covers the NFL. Like NFL, no matter what happens, like they'll, they'll cover it. NBA, right. man, it is so rare to have the NBA make the Today Show. So they show the highlights. Hoda Copy is like reading the, and here's Joel Embiid rounding around to the rim and making a layup. What a shot by Joel Embiid. And I'm just like, Hoda, all right, getting her Stu Scott on. I like this. She's reading the highlight and then she comes out of the break or it comes out of the highlight. And then Craig Melvin, who's a, a big sports fan, jumps in. He goes, here's the crazy thing. He's awesome. He's having an MVP season. He might be the best player in the NBA. Won't be eligible for the MVP because of this rule. And he goes in and just a, a wet fart on the whole conversation. And, and Hoda Copy and Savannah Guthrie are looking like, wait, why wouldn't he be eligible for MVP? He just scored 70 yeah. points. And Craig was like, well, there's this new rule. You have to play a certain number of games. And he's not playing that certain number of games. He's missed a bunch of games. So, yeah. And Al Roker was like, don't be silly. Like, don't be silly. If he's if he's putting up 70 points, he should be eligible for any award. And I'm sitting here being like, that's it, man. That is the problem, is we create these rules that mm. end up backfiring, and they, because now the national conference, they had a moment on the Today Show, and all the viewers at home are listening going like, yeah, this guy misses too many games. What is going on here? I don't understand. I'm going to watch football. I'm going to watch mm. the Today Show. And there was a cool moment. And not to say that like millions of people are now going to become NBA fans because they watch a Today Show segment with Hoda Copy reading, you know, Joel Embiid tape. But the marketing problem of the NBA is that the stars don't play enough and they're trying to fix that problem. And yet when they create a rule to fix that problem, it is ex exacerbating the problem, which is mm -hmm. the perception that NBA players don't play. And so right. when it's on the Today Show and a guy scores 70 points, what's the takeaway? The guy doesn't show up to play. That's the takeaway. And I think that's the problem. It, like, it's, you know what it's like? It's like when we were testing people for marijuana and suspending them as a result. I'm like, oh, <laughs> the, the perception is the league is full of weed heads, right? Yeah. You know how to clean up that problem? Stop testing for marijuana. Stop testing. And then, yeah. like, nobody cares. And no one ever talks about it again. And not a soul. It's not like somebody's just going to show up high and just throw the ball out in the fucking audience or just shooting bad shots. Like, that's not how... That reminds me of those dare ads, right? Where <laughs> dudes just like, don't get high and drive. And they're in the, the drive-thru and they hit the little girl on the bike. Like, oh, no. that's not how high shit works, bro. You know what I mean? But they had advertised it like that so much, even in TV shows. Like, yo, we found pot in your bag. Yeah. You know, that like leads to other stuff. And it was like, uh, good scare tactic. But at the end of the day, when you actually go experiment, it's not like that at all. Yeah. But it, it, I just think by creating this rule, they're making the conversation, not about how great Joel Embiid is or how great uh, Tyrese Halliburton it is, it's, oh, he's missed this many games? Oh, yeah. Because then it feeds on itself. The next time season ticket holders or the next time you want to go to an NBA game, you got to check yourself and be like, is that dude going to play? And for the Denver fans this weekend who wanted to see Embiid and, uh, and Jokic go head-to-head, -head, didn't get it. Haven't gotten it since 2019. And the reason is because of the altitude. Man, Denver and Utah... Stars miss more games in those cities than any other cities in America. You want to know why? Because altitude's a motherfucker. Because 
guys get tired at altitude and just training staffs, they're going to err on the side of caution. So when Embiid's knee is cranky or blown up a little bit, a lot of it has to do with the altitude. It is hard to play at altitude. Those are the only two mountain cities in the NBA. And stars miss those games more than any other city in the league. Also, so, he, got, he got hurt the game before against Orlando. There's that too. Right? Like, that's, that's like, he's not sitting out because he don't want to play. He got, he got hurt. He got hurt. His knees messed up. Yeah. I think football needs to get rid of kicking. We'll leave on this. <laughs> Man kicking. Kicking is for cowards. And this whole Dan Campbell, should he have punted or should he have kicked the field goal or should he have uh, gone for a fourth down, I think is the most moronic shit ever. I'm done with it. Football <laughs> shouldn't be decided by soccer players. Get rid of them. <laughs> it's the most coward thing. Dan Campbell, if you want to go for it on fourth down, we shouldn't have a it. discussion. Yeah. Go for I was, it. No, I was so happy so, he went so, for so it. Abolish the punt. Abolish the punt. It's not abolish. football. It, it's for cowards. Punting is a 40-yard interception. That's what it is. It's, yeah. That's what it is. We should incentivize. Yeah. I love this rant, by the way. We should incentivize football teams to try to push the ball towards the other end zone. That should be the game. As soon as we bring out soccer players to kick field goals and punting it, we've lost the plot. We've lost it. In in uh, if the if the Lakers are 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 down two points and they need a three-pointer, it's not like they bring out Michael Phelps or Katie Ledecky to swim a hundred yard, a uh, hundred meter dash. We don't do that. You know why? Because it's insane to bring out a totally different sport and bring it into your sport when and and try to decide a game that way. The whole conversation about Dan Campbell and going for it or whether you should have taken the points and brought in a kicker, it's madness. It is madness. And I like the fact that I'm not going to uncover the NFL. I think there's people in the NFL and who cover football or live football. They're too close to it to see how insane it is that we let you know games get decided by kickers and the whole conversation about Dan okay. Campbell, who's an ultimate badass who just wants to fucking punch it through your face on fourth down and go for it and trust his players. The guys who have played 90% of the snaps to go play and get five you know yards. What, you know what that it is, That guy Tom. is the villain. You know what it is, Tom, right? Football is a sport that historically is very conservative. And so whenever anyone does something aggressive, they're like, ah! they get scared because they want safe and quiet and meek. They they don't like taking risks, which is why all the best coaches are the risk takers. Yes. Like, it, like all the ones are like Belichick. But it isn't and, even a risk. It isn't even a risk. The, the, the number saying, it's not, it's not a risk. I'm not talking about mathematically. I'm talking okay. about tomorrow. If this doesn't work tomorrow, will anyone blame me? That's right. what I mean by conservative. Which is they, cowardly. The, uh, of course That's what I'm saying. It's a cowardly sport. There, I said it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Maze, I need you to get in here, Maze. Maze, please help me out here. No, it, he's not. He, Maze is happy with the results, so he's not. He's I know. Not look at that. Uh, look at the, if you want to get rid of the Niners kicker, go ahead. I'm done with this. There rookie. you go. We got him in the third round, and he's missed a kick in every playoff game. He missed a kick to beat the Browns. He's a he's a third round pick. We spent a third round pick on this guy. Why do I'm we not, have kickers? Why? Listen, I'm not for l l giving making people lose their jobs, right? 
or, no, we're, or, we're, or scholarships. Net, I think we're gaining jobs. We're, we're bringing more. If we're, if we're going to play all four downs in football, mm-hmm. we're going to need more talented people out on the play on yeah, the field go, who play football, who play football, not I soccer. Get I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, I think about the, the, the extra scholarship or the extra contract for the kicker. You know what I mean? But, but I do understand it's a pretty it. I mean, weird, isolated. As a, as part a former of the football team. player, I look at it from a perspective of yes, <laughs> I, Trey, I, I hate it. Tra- I Trey's hate done everything. It. No, Trey, I have. What if, I mean, what if there is a guy on the team who's who shot all the free throws? Okay, yeah. And so you're practicing. You're no, but that's running that's plays. You're running plays. You're doing whatever. No. no. Okay, but what if the free throw is like bowling? Yes, that's it. That's yeah. it. He's, yeah, he's, he's in the, the corner. He's in the corner bowling all practice. And then I, when I love, I love this fouled, I love the this bowler comes out. You guys want to take on him? He misses, and then everybody hates him. I think I think this is funny that you guys want to take the the foot out of football. That's basically what you're talking about. Yeah, like, and we're just American American ball. No, what part no. of it is football at that point? It's, it's, not, Amer- it's American You're running ball. on the ground with your feet. It's football, okay? That's all we care about. That's all we should care about, okay? Nah, to you catch change, a pass, you, gotta, you need to hey, run you, on your feet to catch the ball. You got to right? re- change the name. It's going to be catch ball. Catch um, ball. <laughs> but but I will ball. say, I did feel a way as a wide receiver or skill position. I played quarterback as well. Watching the fucking kicker just jog around the whole practice. And then they had here and there, they would kick it to this net. And then the only time that they ever did some shit with us is when we had to run gassers at the end of practice. Yep. And made nothing else. That was it. They had the it's easiest bizarre. job. They got the TSA pre-check line when everyone else had to get in, in general admission, right? And, yeah, and here and here's the thing. They're fungible. Like how many times have good teams just gone through kickers during the season? That's fair. Well, they're fungible until they're not. That's the problem. Yeah. There's w- one, there's, what, Justin Tucker? Justin Tucker's awesome. But, I mean, like, the, the the story with Brandon Aubrey, the Cowboys kicker this year, was pretty cool. Because he was, like, a college soccer player who got drafted to the MLS and then got washed out of that because they're doing academy stuff and then was in, like, the USFL for two years and then came to the Cowboys and hit 32 straight kicks. Cool. Great. The St. <laughs> Peter's kid with the mustache, great. He's not going to the NBA. You know, like he had a really good run in the tournament a couple years ago, but at the end of the day, he's not okay, a great. So, bat- Tom, so I guess, I guess my question is, so if you're at the 35 yard line and it's fourth down and there's no kickers, you're just going for it. Go for it. Yeah. That's NFL okay. blitz. NFL blitz. Hey, uh, yeah. hey, man, it's like a two, like the whole game is a two point conversion. It is. You know what, Tom? And then, and then you make that rule, right? Okay. And then. You run into a Joel Embiid 65 game MVP situation, and some team loses because there's no kickers, and everybody's pissed about it. So it's a nice idea, but there's always going to be something that'll mess it up. I, I just look at the scoring would change. Great. That's Great. it. We have to change the scoring, and we would have to just have that approach. But I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. I think it's more exciting without the kicker because the dramatic of like punting on fourth down. Don't you want to see Patrick Mahomes more? I don't want to see nobody. Like, run, I don't want to see nobody run down the clock either. I hate that. Oh, kneeling! You want to get rid of kneeling? That shit sucks, man. Like you don't. You're not giving me an opportunity to actually 
You know what I mean? Get a shot at, like, I think that would add excitement, even though football is probably the most exciting sport in America, right? And kickers. But you remove the kicker, and now for this, you, you, you could eat the clock, sure, but, like, at the end of the day, you won't do this bullshit where it's like, oh, I only got, let me, let me run this down about four seconds. Then, you know what? Time out. You know what I mean? Like, nah, you gotta, every play counts. Every play counts. Every play counts. I like, I like, you know what I like about this? You guys are trying to fix the most popular sport in this country that's making money hand over fist and fucking ratings bonanza. It's like, it's like owning the Knicks, man. It's like owning the Knicks. It's broken to me. We're trying to fix it. Okay. It's like owning the Knicks, bro. They need fixing too. They fixed it. You know how they fixed it? What? Taylor Swift. Yeah. My favorite thing is for years, the NFL has been begging Taylor Swift to do the halftime show. He's like, absolutely not. And now she's going to do their entire show. What the does this entire mean? game. Because what does this mean for Usher? What does this mean for Usher? Knowing oh, he's still going to kill it. No, this is the thing. I've seen Twitter saying they should have her perform. Like, because again, no. people who aren't paying attention, because again, yeah. we got to look at the percentage of who's actually watching the game and who's not. And now the eyes, that non-traditional fan has more eyes and visibility knowing that Taylor is going to be at the Super Bowl. That viewership is about to be astronomical. Crazy. First of all. It's about to be crazy. And then secondly, they're going to be like, everybody loves Usher, I would like to think. But when you add a Taylor Swift, another musician to the game of this, it's going to no. be such a distraction, bro. It's going to be such a distraction towards Usher because why? people are not going to understand that why is she not performing or why it would be so cute for no, her to do this. I'm telling you, you bro. So? Yes, bro. I think, I think this is what's what's hap- what's going to happen. There's going to be Taylor Swift out though. Shout out to Taylor Swift, amazing artist, amazing I'm not, songwriter. I'm not, I don't because here's my thing. Like, would I rather see some ugly old dude in a box? Yeah. Like, this is the owner of the. I don't give. I don't a think fuck, we would. Man. I don't think we would highlight fans like that much. But no. I like it. Like it's we good. Eminem every five seconds. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, sure, sure. And Trey, right. the distraction right. we're You're talking right. about. There's a break for like thirty seconds yeah. every thirty seconds. What distraction? Right. The whole game right. is a distraction. You, You're yeah, right. I, I think. I think I just got fatigue. My bad. Yeah, you just. <laughs> yeah. My bad. I have no. It's okay, though, we got hey, forty. So we're hey, set. Swift, hey, Swifties, I love you guys. Yeah. Shouts to Swifties. It should have been Detroit though in the, in the Super Bowl, so we could get Eminem versus Taylor Swift, which is oh, classic man. Eminem, right? Eminem always going been, off of like pop stars. It would have been great, man. You know, we had a mean, verses America, between America, America and Eminem sport. in the Super Bowl. What's and up? White white hip hop star versus white pop star. Yo, but, but also that that's Eminem's like whole history is like you I can fucking sit me think. here next to Taylor Swift. Hey, Christina Aguilera this, better switch me chairs. Yeah. Listen, the snow, the snowball in Vegas would have been amazing. That's a double, that's a double entendre, by the way, because it's yeah. a lot of snow in Vegas. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Also, he's old, she's young, like he's vulgar, she's all American. Like yeah. all the she, he, she's like Hollywood, he's Detroit, like Motor City, yeah. So it's like all the all the fucking clashes right now. What do we get? We like we get E forty versus forty. Not not quite. Am I the only person to wear Delta Airlines merch? Yes. Okay. There's no airline in the world. By the way, 
By the way, to plug our agency, we sold out of merch in LGA at that particular time. Delta? This is leftovers. Delta. Delta had a pop-up. They had a pop-up and they sold swag. And they did extremely well. And I got the leftover, you know, the sample. And I'm okay, like very cozy right. in my in my thin, even though my even though my miles don't like, match match this reward, no, I don't think I could actually afford. <laughs> you know, I don't travel enough to get one of these swag, but I feel um, good. This might be a very white guy question, but does uh does Eminem have like top five rap credentials among the black community? So I depends who you ask. It's, it's generational. Like people my age, around my age and older, everyone's like, that motherfucker's a rapping ass mo-. Like has incredible respect level. But like many people in this space, Eminem held on a little too long and then had a bunch of freestyles and stuff that for the modern audience was just like, what is he talking about? And then it turned into a meme that like, you know, what's the, what's the dude that the weird comedian, Chris D'Elia. Mm-hmm. Chris D'Elia had that uh, like Instagram video that went viral where he's like, mm-hmm. This Eminem forcing a torsing a borsing abortion and abortion like and so that became kind of like oh yeah let's ridicule Eminem but like if you were anywhere um, between I guess what how like like forty and up I think he carries like yo that much like especially motherfuckers in the industry in the industry industry excuse me that motherfuckers is is golden. Like, because when Eminem first came out, there was a lot of people who say, oh, he's just white. That's why he's so popular. And of course, that, it was a part of his popularity. But his technical ability was like not you could like once you sat down and listened to him, right? Like, oh, no. Yeah, he can. He might be also popular because he's white. it's like Christian McCaffrey. Like Christian McCaffrey might be popular because he's white. But also <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker's man. real as shit. Like he run you over and catch in the flats and then all that shit. It's like. You yeah. can't say that he's a bum who's getting by because he's white or that he's average. Same we need, thing with Larry Bird. One white running back, and he might as well be the best running back. That works. Yep. Same thing with same thing with Larry Bird. Looks like you could say all that shit about or Luca, right? You could say all that shit like, oh, he's more popular because he's white. Yes, but also he's really fucking good. He's gonna put seventy three on your ass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'm glad I got that kicking ran in. <laughs> That made my day. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. That was Way to that bite was good. Those kneecaps, Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bite those kneecaps right off, dude. Kickers. Yeah, it's it. I I don't I don't get it. It. I'm glad you said the bowling thing. I because it's <laughs> it's insane. It's how do football player? How are they okay want, with this? By the way, I do want. I think we should have, replace free throws. With bowl. It'd be more exciting than seeing mm-hmm. people shoot free throws. Well, oh, and, and here comes Peter. Hey, <laughs> be like, all right, it's overtime. All right, Bill Murray Cute. from Kingpin coming in with his get head the lanes ready, get the lanes the ready, and you get to pick one random player to like go knock down. Just do not pick Chris Paul. Like, pick anybody. Hey, do not It's not even the Chris Pauls. It would it's be just fun. some dude. It would who's be really good at bowling. It was Chris Paul, who is a like a 300 bowler, and then he goes and he chokes. That shit would be oh. fucking hilarious. Yo, now his <laughs> legacy, his legacy, his legacy would literally be on the line. <laughs> like for real. He could, keep, he could keep bowling long after his playing days are over. He could bowl until he was 55. All right, so I want to talk about Doc Rivers here. I wrote about it. Um, 
his playoff record. And we're going to talk about it here on our Patreon uh, for our Patreon subscribers. Um, so the Doc Rivers conversation, I think, has gotten out of control and his three blowing 3-1 leads, game seven stuff. So I got lots of thoughts and I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Patreon.com slash count the dings. Make sure you guys are locked in. Yeah.